Welcome to Pretend to Imagine, a weekly podcast with Tyler and Greg, featuring the open mouth smiles that you guys can't see, because there's open mouth smiles here constantly. That includes my dog, Penny. But, uh, so tonight's uh, topics uh, are things Greg's wife does. Chicken bones and welding. Yep. Alcohol and my intolerance thereof. The Bristol stool scale. Fantasy versus science fiction. Not versus is a... Well, okay, I'm sorry. Fantasy, fantasy and, and science, science fiction. fiction. Yes. yes, and then the other thing we did. Of course. Which I learned knows I can't remember. Now, Greg, you told me you have a, a new favorite word today. I do have a new favorite word. Uh, and not only is it is it a, a fun thing, uh, it's fun to say. It is, yeah. Well, and, like all good words. And the word itself is funicular. Funic- it, it sounds fun. Well, it has the word fun in it. I think that's that's half the... Half Fun, the funicular. Yeah, so it's... I think... And again, we talk about words a lot. I love words that sound interesting, yes. regardless of the of the meaning. And then, and then of course, the meaning, and then it, it can kind of have a, a nice synergy. Also, a... Yeah, a, this is a, a good word. A terrible so, word. Oh, yeah. good word. You say like good it. word. I say overused. Well, it's corporate, so... It's very corporate, yeah. We need to leverage your synergy leverage to monetize your... Leverage competencies. Your competencies to be best of breed. To be, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Tyler. Horrible. I come here to get Dread, away from work. Right. Not <laughs> and they pull me no. back in. So the word funicular uh, is a great word. And it, what a funicular is, is uh, for those of you who don't know, is a... Because I don't know. You don't know what a funicular is? I don't is. know what a funicular is, no. It's sort of a, uh, a tro- not a trolley, a, um, uh, what do you call it when you're 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 on a, a hanging ski lift thing, but it's an, it's an entire room that hangs from the... The cable. I'm not really sure what that's called. Uh, it's like one of those alpine rides. Yeah, people, yes. Well, well, a funicular goes up on an angle. Is basically okay. what it is. And like, it can, oh, like like if you were at like a uh, like a, going up like a to a ski chalet. Exactly. You're uh, going okay. up a mountain, yeah. right? Okay. So it goes up on an angle, and uh, usually on tracks. I think it can go up on cables as well. But the idea is that it, it the it goes up on an angle on tracks, and the funicular itself is kind of horizontal so it has like a big so it has a big kind of a big wedge underneath it so it can it can be straight there's a f- several different types of funiculars and the I it's popped up in a, f- a few movies but it popped up in one of my favorite movies uh Grand Budapest Hotel oh yeah there's a funicular in the Grand oh, Budapest yes. Hotel yes yeah. yes yes that so was a, that was an interesting movie it was, it's a uh, wonderful movie it was absolutely why are people favorites. rude they're rude because they're afraid <laughs> they're afraid they won't get what they want <laughs> uh, I was trying to think of what was the uh uh Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. There's so many great quotes from that movie. That was, that was, it was a funny movie. Uh, Ralph Fiennes was spectacular yes. as, uh, as the, yes. the, the main dude there. So, so that, it's, it's a funicula. Funicular. I think it's is, is R. It, A-R at a the A funicular. Funicular. Okay. Funicular. And, that, and that takes you up the mountain. It takes you up the mountain. I mean, it's fun. It takes, it's got it's, the word it's fun It's fun in it. to go up the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, uh, I was musing on a word I find amusing, which is fecund. I don't want to know what that means. Fecund. First of all, two things. It's got the word feek, F-I-C, I'm going to assume, yeah, in the yeah, beginning, which yeah, is no good. Yeah. Second, it's yeah. coming from you. So those are two and, things and it, that and add it, up to and it no. ends in und. It ends in, well, yeah. und, I don't but know. But you know, but here's the thing. It's not a bad word. What does it mean? It means fertile. Fertile? Yeah. Break yeah. it down for me. Well, I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the breakdown is. You but, call yourself a doctor. But it's certainly not fecund. It's not feces or, or fecund. Fecal. It's fecund. I, Fec- well, fecal, I guess, could be considered sort of, you know, kind of From fertile. the Latin, like, whatever, like I don't manure, know. Like you know. Yeah. But, uh, but you can also be nubile, you know. You can be nubile and fecund. Uh, 
nubile fecund young lady. You ruin everything. Do you know no, that? Do you know n- that? Nubile just means ready to be married. No, I know what nubile means, yeah. but, uh, but it's, it's, just, it's a strange... You're combining the two. You're, you're tainting just, one with the other. That's, that's It's a strange combination, <sighs> isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I knew a, a young lady who was, who was both. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, uh, strong woman, bear many children unaided on the step. I shall take her. And then she hit me. But that was fair. So... <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's I'm, I'm, that's okay. You're okay with that. I'm okay well, with that. Yeah. You know. So uh, so funicular. Yeah, that's, that's good. You know, you've you've taught me one because I, I didn't know that. Um, I just I, I've been, I've been musing on this sentence, uh, which is which is interesting. Um, Desist obfuscating your ignominious calumny with disingenuous punctilio. One. Does that sentence even have a a, a cohesive meaning? It does. And two, you made that up. No, it, at it, least. What? Four of those words are not real. No, I'll, I'll go through. So desist, of course, you know, means stop, right? Yep, right. Okay, so stop. Obfuscating means to, to try to, to hide to or, hide or, to, to, or uh, put someone off the track, conceal, yep. right? Ignominious means shameful. Mm-hmm. Calumny means slander. Disingenuous means sneaky. Mm-hmm. Punctilio means a bureaucrat's attention to detail. <laughs> We needed a word for that. We do, yes, exactly. Yes. Right, exactly. It's like, you know, you're very punctilious. Yeah. You can say that to your boss. You All know. right, so say it again. All right, well, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> Desist obfuscating your ignominious calumny with disingenuous punctilio. Okay, now translate that into uh, explain like I'm five. All right, so stop trying to hide your shameful slander with sneaky bureaucratic attention to detail. Very nice. Yeah. That'll come in handy, I'm sure. I, I, I think it, in the corporate world, that absolutely could come in handy. I mean, I think you could you could definitely bring that up. So uh, yeah, so that's you know this, that, that's uh, that's our word corner yeah. for tonight. All right. Okay, so we're gonna have a new segment. Uh, I think it'll be a repeating segment. Okay. Uh, it's called uh, "Things Greg's Wife Does." That now that annoy you or just no, she just does? things that she does. Because I was going to warn you about that. No, that no, no. Okay. Well, some of these things annoy me, but it's 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 yeah, things Greg's wife does. This is this All is right, what it is. That's All right. right. So we're going to kick it off. The inaugural, the first one, is um, for about a year uh-huh. in my house, there were chicken bones. Okay. In every room in the house. In little con- containers. It's like Blair Witch? They it, Very much like Blair Witch. Oh, my God. And uh, so what she would do is she would eat chicken bone, eat chicken wings like it was her job. Okay. And then she would take the bones and dry them or, or boil them and dry them and clean them. And so for a year, there was constant boil boiling pots of boiling chicken bones on the stove. And then when they were, they were off the stove, they were in a container. Then they were drying, and they were upstairs in the upstairs room. And they're 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 still. I, I have a feeling that they're probably still everywhere. Why would she uh, collect dried boiled chicken bones? Good question. Yes. So, the reason is she uh, did a front lawn kind of installation in our house, themed on Baba Yaga. Oh, okay. The Russian witch right, from, which from has, folklore. And her hut has chicken legs. And her hut does have <clears> chicken legs. <throat> and we didn't get a chance to make the hut. That was the big thing. We didn't. We were going to make the hut and have chi- have so it have you, chicken you legs and all chicken that. Chicken legs without right. the hut we didn't, that goes on well, top of them. Yeah. Well, no, the chicken bones weren't for the hut. The oh, chicken okay, bones. all right. So the tiny little, you're not going to have a hut with tiny little, little chicken bones. So uh, what she made them for, she made this sort of like uh, 
uh, campsite, Baba Yaga's campsite, and there okay. was like weird little stool and, and, and this fire was pit for, and, for like Halloween. For Halloween, oh, for, for Halloween. Halloween. Okay. You know, it's not Arbor Day. We're going to put a Baba Yaga well, display just, out on the front lawn. No, right. No. Yeah. Oh, by the way, mm. Arbor Day is the day that all the ships come back into the Arbor. You know that, right? What, like in in Game of Thrones, the Arbor where the <laughs> the Tyrells live? Yes, yes okay. exactly right. that. Good. So the uh, she's making. So what she's doing is she's taking all these chicken bones and she's making. Uh, like chimes, little little Ooh, hanging, creepy. very Blair Witch, yeah, very very weird, yeah. and they're all made out of these little animal bones, and they're all strung together, and they clang together, and she's hanging them all over this kind of front yard installation that, that is, we did, that that we is did for Halloween. Yeah, but it, it took a year to eat enough chicken bones to make make all because I wasn't eating the chicken wings. I don't, and again, on my list of things I don't eat, generally I don't. Well, eat something that's on its own bone. Well, not, I, to, I not, not, to, a, not to get off topic, because I just really quick, you know, chicken bones are one of those things that you really got to get your carnivore on yeah. to eat a chicken bone without getting seriously this grossed is, out. No, this is the 21st century. We don't I mean, we don't need that anymore. This I, is this is there's you know we've, we've evolved beyond. I you don't know, know sometimes though that no. that, that that thing that that howls at the moon deep within you and wants to just eat flesh oh, off the bone. Oh, now you're attacking my masculinity. This is the terrible. flesh off the bone. This is terrible. No. That's what, anyway, all right, so let's no, get back. I, I want to just give me a McNugget. So <laughs> the, 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 the weak the, man's chicken leg. <laughs> no, so, the chi- so we have all these chicken bones and chicken chimes, right? And I have to put up with that. Did and they, I don't, did they make a noise? No, they, they, they kind of chink, crinkle around and make tink, noise. They don't uh, yeah. really make noise. They're, they're, right. they're very off-putting though. Okay. And that's, that's the point. Yeah, very sure, sure. So, but so they're off-putting when they're hanging out for Halloween. They're even more off-putting when you turn the corner in your house and on the couch, back of the couch is this weird, this weird plastic plate with dried chicken bones yeah, in, in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday for is, no reason. Yeah, daunting. So that now the flip side of that is now bear with me. Yeah, is that I. Uh, was on the couch with my wife hanging around and I look at my wife and I have, I have a confession to make, Megan. She goes, uh-oh, what, 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 do you, what do you got? I said, I just watched three hours of videos on intro to welding. Okay. What's, Which instantly means that now I'm going to want welding equipment, I'm going to want a new hobby, oh, you know, I'm going to have all this. this I, you know, I have a lot of different hobbies, right? Yeah, the sure. Welding is not one of them yet, right? But yeah. I, I kind of confided in her that I just watched intro to welding. And her response Oh, cool. Well, there you go. There you go. So, weld ahoy. When I want to weld, I get an old cool. When she wants to have chicken bones in the house for a year, I'm like, that's a fair trade. I think that's absolutely fair. So, that's that's something that Greg's wife does. So, uh, there's going to be a party at your place. The, oh, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, I've been to various parties with my friends and, uh, sometimes there's, uh, there's a substance known as alcohol. I've heard of this that occasionally comes, comes through. And, uh, as you know, Greg, I, uh, I have problems with alcohol. <laughs> you are such a lightweight. I am so pitiful. One drink gives me a buzz. Okay, I mean that, that's it. A single drink. Now we're not talking about like you know hard liquor either. We're talking a beer mm. or a glass of wine. It's like I'm already I'm half. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm half in the bag, but I'm, I'm I'm buzzed. And then if I drink a second drink, the dizziness begins. 
You think I'm corny in this podcast? Yes. You have no idea how corny I get when I have two <laughs> drinks in me. I mean, I make jokes about like the labels on liquor bottles and then laugh hysterically at them as other people look at me and go, oh, that Tyler. No, I've, look known, at you, him. I've known you for a long time. And I don't know how many times we've actually gotten drunk together, but I know that as we get older and we, you know, long, we drink less, it seems yeah. like we drink less and less. Yeah. There's quite a few years ago, there was a lot of parties where we're going to, you know, and all of our friends, none of our friends really drink much. There's one. <laughs> I think there's, there's one, one, one person who we, drinks we, we, uh, a, a lot. We shall, he shall remain yeah. nameless. Um, you changed the sex, right? I, you, uh, you said he shall remain nameless. Of course, it is, in fact. So we changed the sex, yeah. Well, well we, now we've said that on the podcast. We don't know. So we okay, don't, you know what? Just flip, yeah. flip a coin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, but, uh, just yeah, the, no, I mean, uh, I, I, uh, uh, I remember I was at uh, uh, my friend Nate's house for a party, and uh, I, I was drinking some alcohol and I was like, okay, this is good. I'm feeling good. You know, kind of buzz on. And they said, well, here, try this. I'm like, well, what is it? It's mead. I'm like, oh, mead. Well, isn't that made of honey or something? I said, that can't be so bad. You know, so I drink. Oh, it tastes like flowers. It's you like, know? like medieval Zima. I, I'm drinking. <laughs> it's really right. So I'm drinking this. I'm like, this goes down easy. He just kept handing me. Yeah. You know, glasses of mead, and and by the end, I I just didn't know where I was coming or going. It was it was really really. You know, uh, you're all hopped up on the sugar I was high. Hopped up on a sugar the, high. The alcohol. It was, a, it was sort of a medieval girl drink. Yeah, it's a medieval theme or medieval sh- sh- Smirnoff or whatever. Yeah. Whatever those those. Yeah. Now, and this is what I call when we, we go to the, the Irish pub a lot, and uh, a lot of us will drink Guinness or different stouts, and then invariably all some or all of us will actually switch over to uh, cider, hard cider. Yep. Which, in my opinion, is the Irish Zima. Yeah, it's like apple soda. You're talking about what uh, Smittics? Well, no. Uh, it, at the um, what do they serve? Oh. They serve Magners. Oh, at, Magners. At, I'm Magners sorry, is the big Ma- Irish Magners. one. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then I guess if you're if you're getting the one they advertise on TV all the time, it's Angry Orchard, which I, I don't like. My favorite is Strongbow, which is an English cider, yeah. which is really crisp. It's it's less sweet than the other than the other ciders. I actually like ciders, but that's the whole problem. When I go out, I'm like, I'll have my one drink, and people think I'm I'm just kind of uh, kind of. Well, you know what of, they have now? They have they have a not your father's soda. Oh yeah, have you ever see, seen these at the liquor store? No, no, no. It's cream soda, strawberry soda, cola, and, and they taste just like soda pop or just like regular soda. Yeah, except it's alcohol has alcohol content. Now, isn't that really marketing to kids? It's and then they, they I'm sure there's I all mean, kinds of really. Like, yeah, that's, but uh, you know, in this today's world, that what, was like what are you the. Uh, do? You know that reminds me of that reminds me of there was a um, a whole thing about uh, nicotine impregnated hard candies. They were starting to sell hard candy with nicotine in it, and as you, you'd suck it, it was basically the same as chaws, like chewing tobacco, because you'd be you'd be sucking on this. Was it some kind of a this, smoking uh, alternative? Uh, uh, yeah, it's a smoke. It was a smoke alternative, but it was so Except- patatently. It was so patently geared towards it's kids. Like, it was just people were just like, nicotine, are you kidding me? Nicotine-infused you know. Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's no good. Yeah, that, is one of the, that was the, 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 the rappers in, in your van with the elf shoes was the nicotine Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> you know, rap, rappers. And, uh, oh, oh. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, terrible, it's uh, I, I've grown to, I really do enjoy my once a week beer that I drink. And you know, of course, it's because of my brain meds yeah. that I can't take drink the large amounts of, but I'm a cheap date. You know, yeah. I, oh, I, so is I, that why there's a there's a there's a reason why a chemical reason? Why oh yeah, you, oh. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Some of the medications I take interact in the liver with uh, the, the metabolism of alcohol. So what happens is I the, the the liver says, well, we better deal with these meds first. We'll just we'll just ignore the alcohol, and so like as as you drink, the the alcohol level gets, oh, gets uh, higher. I just thought that you were a pansy. A, no, no, no. I, no. Well, I, uh, that too. But well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm also a pansy. But yeah, that's that's basically <laughs> it. So, so um, but uh, yeah, I've only really been drunk three times. 
<laughs> so that's that's that's. And it. how old are you? Or you're I'm, I'm four, I, listen. My first Big Mac was when I was forty six, and I've been drunk three times in my life. So wow, you're such I'm, a nerd. I'm a nerd. I really am. I mean, it all boils away into EverQuest, but we're not going to talk about EverQuest. We've talked about that enough. So that's oh, it. I know in EverQuest you're a powerful enchanter, right? Yes, extremely well. powerful. Okay, Tyler. I fear for your safety. You should. I do. Uh, not, not so much today, but in my past, I was uh, a... Uh, not that I wasn't a good decision maker, but I, I, I did enjoy quirky, uh, quirky vehicles. Okay. And partially due to an affectation of being, uh, oh, I'm creative, I'm going to have a weird vehicle, okay. and also being poor. Yeah, sure. So those two things, I'll give you an idea. My so Road Warrior. It was kind of... It was a little like Road Warrior. It was like bad Road Warrior. Well, actually, we'll talk about my wife's car in a minute. She, she was good Road Warrior. but yeah. um, So uh, I had a, my first car cost $150. It was a 19... $150. 150 bucks. 150 bucks. 1968 Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, well, the indestructible car. Dark blue. Yeah. Uh, and this car was a death trap. Okay. It was... Well, there's a few. It was so rotted when you would open the door, the both the passenger door and the and the and the driver door at the same time, the roof of the car would sink about an inch and a oh half. Oh my god! Oh, and when geez. you close the door, the car would kind of like prop itself up and kind of stiffen up and 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 grow about an inch and a half when the doors were closed. It was that that kind of f- flimsy. Um, so, the we'll illustrate this with a, a a time that I took it to uh, to get the brakes done at Midas. They still have Midas? Midas is still yeah, have Oh, yeah, sure. So, uh, took it to, to Midas. They have a big, long bay of garage doors, big yellow building. And you bring it in, and they put it up on the on the lift. And I'm standing there, and I'm waiting for the guy to come out and tell me what's what's up with the car. And he, he comes over to me, and he says, uh, he says, uh, I need you to get that car out of my garage. And He's like, evicting your car? Yeah. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He goes, look, look, look in my garage. I look in. I'm like, I don't know. Because did you see anybody working in there? I said, no. Why? <laughs> what? He says, your car is leaking gasoline. Oh, my God. Get it out of my garage. And he wouldn't fix it. Well, how did you get it out? I Well, it, it just needed brakes. It leaking fuel, but it was... No, it was leaking fuel a little... It always leaked fuel. It's not like a new problem. It isn't always that, leaked isn't fuel. Isn't that uh, some form of fire hazard? No. So I, I used to show up in high school... And I'd, I'd pull in, get into homeroom and I'd sit down and people would go, oh, Fisher, you smell like <laughs> gasoline. Which is better than smelling like a fish. Yeah, it's a, you know, uh, uh, yep. So a uh, fishmonger. Right? Fishmonger, yeah. Fishfinger. Fishfinger. Is it, that's a different, yes. different. No, oh, anyway. come on. Yeah, go on. So, yeah, so the, the car was spectacular. It, uh, you know, uh, I remember I, I asked a girl to the prom and she said, yes, as long as we don't go we don't in your go car. don't go in that car, yeah. Uh, it had a hole in the in the floor, in the passenger side, and there was this giant, like a 20-foot-long puddle that spanned the road. And I was in the car with my brother, uh, Jerry, my older brother, and I went through this puddle at about 30, 40 miles an hour. I went through the puddle. You know, you never know how deep a puddle is, right? That's, a, That's the, true. The, it, you it, never know. It could be like the space dust. This in, uh... shot water. Up, you know, like when the dam floodgates on a giant dam open up, and yeah. just billions of gallons of water come falling out of the, the hole. In there. This is what came shooting up through the floor of the of the Volkswagen. It shot up through the floor near the, near my brother's feet, and it went. It drenched both of us. 
it went into the back seat oh and got God. the rear window soaked with water. Oh it it, it shoved that much water in, into the car. And you didn't lose control. Well, I was going straight. Yeah, just, you know, kind, just of kind of continued of, on. Yeah. Good yeah. Girl. So, and here's another little, little last little factoid about. Yeah. About. Well, did you say it was like leaking? Like brake fluid and and steering fluid. No, no, no. So it was only it was leaking fuel. It probably well, yeah. So it was leaking fuel. It was not leaking radiator fluid because they do not have radiators, air cooled. Okay. Right. So in another uh, spectacular uh, feat of German ruthless German yes. engineering. Yes. Uh, they uh, let me tell you how the windshield wiper works on a Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. So you have uh, a little plastic tank that you put the fluid in. Okay. And the tank bolts to the inside of the spare tire. So in the front of the of the, the boot, in the, where the, the front of the Beetle, because yeah. the engine is in the back. So yeah. you open up the hood, there's your spare yeah. tire. Bolted into the, behind the spare tire is a plastic tank. That's, that's where it lives. It lives in the little pocket behind the spare tire to save space. Okay. And this tank is maybe it's about, I don't know, about uh, 10 inches wide and maybe six inches in diameter. It's like a Tylenol capsule. With these two plastic threaded prongs threaded to the wheel. Out of that tank comes a rubber hose, and that hose goes to the little spout uh, on your the top of your car that shoots the windshield washer fluid onto your windshield. Sure. Yep. Right? Yep. No problem. So far, everything seems to be a little weird, but it's okay. There's another hose from the tank, and that comes out of the tank and threads onto the stem on your spare tire. And the air pressure from oh, your spare tire, geez. the air pressure from your spare tire forces the itself into the tu- the tank, yep, right. which then forces the fluid out onto the windshield. So basically, it's leaching the it's pressure le- out of your spare tire exactly. every time you use the thing. And, and in in the owner's manual, it says when you no longer have sufficient pressure to squirt fluid onto your windshield, fill, fill your spare you tire. have mi- the minimum amount of pressure allowable to, to run the spare tire. Go get it filled. So, so that's a design feature rather that's than a, a, well, that's, you know, yeah. it's it's I don't know, it saves you, you know, the I guess few it does. bucks. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it works, and you yeah. know, but it's that's ruthless German engineering. Yeah, that's that's what I that's yeah, what definitely. I definitely yeah. And anybody who ask anyone who was owned a Beetle, this is this is the trick. That's it's that's almost how it works. It's almost draconian, really. It's oh, so then I was on um, on Reddit. I belong to I, I subscribe to a subreddit called Things Cut in Half, and it's just things cut. It's things cut in half. It's you know cans of Peanuts, it's rockets, it's cars, it's, you know, any little bit of equipment, buildings, and, you know, anything that has a big section view of it, and you can see inside. And somebody did it, showed a section of a Volkswagen Beetle, and your feet go so far underneath the dashboard into mm-hmm. that front area yeah. that the first comment was, you are the crumple zone. <laughs> Such a death trap. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a death trap. I was reading a scholarly paper today uh, from England, uh, which I think is very necessary in medical science. Um, it's called the Bristol Stool Chart. So, of all the things that are available to us, that science brings us, yes. that medical knowledge brings yep. us, yep. the miracles, the wonder, yes. the joy, the heart lung the, machine, the, 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 just thought, uh, yeah. The, Cancer cures, uh, all these kinds of things. You're it, fixated on I, the Bristol stool chart. Poop. It absolutely. Listen, it touches all our lives. Hopefully, we don't touch it, but it touches all our lives. So, so you I, have a weird, weird. It, it, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's, let's do. So, it. Someone had Fine. to name it. Okay, someone. Had, so Varpus was kind enough. Hey, Varpus, listen. Thank you. 
I hope is your mom do his mom's doing better. Her screen is is now out. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. I didn't know. Didn't uh, know. But uh, the Bristol stool chart uh, is important because if you go to the toilet and you don't know exactly what you've done, uh, you know there, there's a chart for that. I know there is because yeah. I've been to your bathroom yeah. and the chart is it, right across it, from the it, toilet. It is. It's right there. So I have to remind You're myself. You're a weird yeah. guy. So so type one. Wait wait. Is Bristol where it was developed, yeah, or is the, it, or is it, it, it Mr. Bristol? No, 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 it was in Bristol. Because that would be it was, it was awful, the, awful the, thing to have been named. Okay, good. It was the, the city of Bristol, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so uh, type one, separate hard lumps like nuts, hard to pass. Type two, sausage-shaped but lumpy. Uh, I like to call it the baby Ruth. Uh, oh, type three, like a sausage but with cracks on the surface. Type four, like a sausage or snake, smooth and soft. The Tootsie Roll. Uh, type five, soft blobs with clear-cut edges. Type six, fluffy pieces with ragged edges, a mushy stool. Fluffy. And then I call it emphysematous. And then type seven, watery, no solid pieces, entirely liquid. Now, this is interesting. And I, I hope so, because the, 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 you know, the, uh, if for all our listeners who've stuck through that and haven't, yeah. haven't uh, cl- clicked the pause button yeah. or switched to another podcast, yeah. there better be a payoff. Go. Well, so I made my own stool scale. Oh, I'm say I made my own chart. No, no, oh, I, I have my eyes. I was like, I know so, what were you doing in that. All right, so, so, it. T- so type one, and we, uh, and I think we've all experienced these. Okay, you know, type one, the asteroids. You know, so it's, it's <laughs> they're asteroids. It's little, and the, the the most dangerous thing about asteroids is that they can give you the Poseidon's kiss. <laughs> Poseidon's down, kiss. Down goes the asteroid. It, yes. hit, it hits the atmosphere, or rather, the hydrosphere, and. Up comes the water, Poseidon's kiss. Yeah, yep, Poseidon's you know, kiss. It's like sort of a free bidet it's, that you've yeah. got, you know. Kind of, and then, then there's, uh, then there's the, um, the other, uh, which is is very uh, difficult to understand, which is what's known as the gone poop, where you're sitting on the toilet and you're like, this is the poop of the century. This is this poop. I'm going to take a photo of this poop and put, put post it on Reddit. This is amazing. And you get up, it's gone. Nothing there. What happened? I mean, you know it happened, but it's gone. It's very unsettling. It's it's extremely unsettling. And then and then of course, uh, uh, you know, there's the perfectly spherical floater. Just, I mean, the thing is, it's Bloop. completely makes round. A, makes that nice noise, and it just it it lists to one side, and it's a devil of a thing to try to flush because it, it resists it. It resists. Flushing. I want you to know that I am angry that I am participating in this conversation. Is it making you angry? Is, I, that, is your Well, we'll just finish up because I know there's only so much those people can take. But then, and, and this sadly, this is not actually my coinage, but it's amazing, the dreaded Havana omelet. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't look that up in Urban Dictionary. You're just like, oh my God, it's just, it's everywhere. And, uh, you know, so uh, anyway, it's good to set people straight on these things. If you're confused about your poop, you could always just go online, as Varpus helped me today, and look at the Bristol Sewell scale so you can be set straight and there will be no confusion. So I know that there are apples and oranges, okay? But what, what's your take? Are you, are you fantasy or are you science fiction? So when I was a teenager... Yep. Fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Really? Yes. And then, um, as a matter of fact, I just was talking to a friend today. We were talking about both of us are industrial designers, and he got into industrial design by Sid Mead, who was very science fiction and okay. very automotive. And I got into I got into industrial design. I learned about the industrial design by Roger Dean. Roger who, Dean. Roger Dean. And Roger Dean Best is an industrial album designer. Covers ever. A lot of album cover art, but he came in in it from a very fantasy kind of like point of view. And so when I was a teenager, um, that's I was all about Roger Dean and all about 
um, fantasy and Tolkien and all, all that stuff. So I was very much into, oh, and also Dungeons and Dragons, right? Big fan of Dungeons and Dragons. Oddly, I was the opposite. I read science fiction first and then yeah. gradually got into fantasy. I remember reading Jack Chalker, The Well World, yeah. Larry Niven, uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, not a, as big a fan of Asimov and Highline, uh, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I respected their work, but it wasn't something I devoured. You know, um, uh, Alan Dean Foster, you know, all these all these ones. And then as time went on, I started to get into, into the fantasy. Um, I think that fantasy has kind of eclipsed science fiction in this day and age. I think people find it more accessible. Um, I think oh, that... Oh, I disagree. Uh, you don't think so? I, look I, at t- look at t- well, I, you can look... You can look at TV, right? So well, I'm got, talking more written, but but. Well, uh, I think <clears throat> I don't know how what the relationship is between what's the landscape and the written, yeah. the written word, you know, a written word, a written, you know, books, and yeah. then how that's you know reflected in in pop culture or in, in television and TV. I, I don't know, but um, you know, I know I'm I'm watching The Expanse, and that's based. on... I've a, just started. Uh, you've just started. Just started. based on a, so we can talk about the series another time. But yeah. as far as it's based on a very successful Hugo Award winning yeah. series of books and, and everything. And so, you know, so there's there's that. Um, but just, yeah, I don't know. You may be right. It's what's what has happened. I think a lot of writers uh, and this is the stuff I've learned through talking to uh, to various friends of mine who actually are um, related to the industry. Um, a lot of writers feel that they have so much more um, room to write things in fantasy than they do in science fiction. I think a lot of hard science fiction writers were again. If you if you read you know early Heinlein and, and Jules Verne and all these kinds of things, there was always sort of two basic views in science fiction. There was the science fiction that's going to teach you something, and that's yeah. what hard science fiction is. There's no there's nothing you know that can't be you know duplicated by known technology or at least you know stuff that we've we've figured the theory out for and then there's the sort of space opera which has all the kind of cool flashy things like warp yeah. drive and and force fields and all that kind of stuff yeah. uh so i think some writers though feel hemmed in they say oh god i i can't do this because these are the physical laws and I, you know i want to do things that that can can transcend that and i think that that's been a lure in fantasy um somebody told me a really funny thing recently they said um when you look at fantasy, there's no technology. You know, it's I mean, the technology is low, low grade technology, but they do the biology perfectly. Like they talk about all the various growth phases of the dragon and how it mates and and what it eats and its ecosystem and all that. Kind of, so it's like biology is okay to have in fantasy. Okay, that's, it's, oh, that's it's fine to have biology, but it's it's not okay to have physics or, or, or chemistry or any of those other things. So I was always under the impression that the definition of science, one of the definitions was science fiction, was that the, it. It fell apart without the science part. Correct. Of it, exactly. Right. Exactly. So whereas fantasy are stories about relationships and people and you know a, a story arc and a, a hero who grows and changes yes. and right. and becomes a hero or, or saves the princess or what, or whatever. Regardless of fantasy, or th- th- there's a story arc you can substitute any number of. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But for science, absolutely. it's it's the science has to happen. Now again, I I don't read as much as you do. Um, I've in, later in my life I've been reading a little bit more science fiction, but. Yep. As far as TV goes, in my opinion, there's a, a resurgence of interest in a hard sci-fi science yeah. fiction. Now, it's it's slow, but you have um, the movie Gravity. You have yep. Interstellar. You have... Um, well, Interstellar isn't really hard science fiction, but it's... Uh, Interstellar. Well, yeah, you know, so... Yeah. You, I mean, so, I mean it's, 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 it's partly hard science fiction, partly not. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm splitting hairs, so... You have The, yeah. exp- the Expanse, yeah. the new show Expanse. is hard yeah. science fiction. Yeah. They pride themselves on all the, the things that they... You know, people being sucked out of airlocks and how yeah. it's, it's expressed in a very realistic way. So that is something that in the, in the 
very recent um, uh, past, those kinds of films, yeah. and there's more of them, have come up. And well, prior to that, it was fifth it was space operas. It space was these operas, kind yes. of fantasy, yes. you know, kind yes. of a, a space but, operas. But it's interesting what's what's happened. Um, the development of the genres, the, the respective genres, is funny because. For years, fantasy did the same thing over and over and over. They, young lad on the farm, strange, nascent, magical talents, witty, wise, fun mentor, wizard fellow comes and takes him and he goes on this journey and he learns his powers and he ends up fighting the dark one and, and you know, they win and then there's everyone's happy and the cats and the dogs live together and everything, everything's great, oh, you know, and, and that had been done over and over well, it's and an, over again. And, and the it's same an thing, archetype. It's yeah, a, it's a it, myth it is. that's, you know, it is. A, a story structure that's... But, but it went on like that for a long time. Meanwhile, science fiction was, you know, the same kind of thing in the sense that it was, you know, it was like, you know, our brave men of the space corps are funding the bad aliens about, you know... Well, and, I don't, and, that's something that's well, the golden era of science fiction. That's what I'm saying. So, that sort but of, that, that went on. So what finally happened was, um, it was actually kind of interesting, both fantasy and science fiction have reinvented themselves through politics. That's what these are about now. They're about politics. Why do you think Game of Thrones is so popular? Oh, it's a yeah. political fantasy. It's yeah. about power blocks and maneuvering mm-hmm. and double crosses and betrayals yeah. and alliances. And all that. Yeah. To- it's not Tolkien. That's why people went crazy about it. They're like, oh my God, this is like fantasy, but it's with real people. And that's yeah. because it's political. Uh, Expanse, as you've been telling Same me. Same thing. Completely Same political. Thing. And it's so funny because what it's about is these really visceral, almost violent human interactions, which is the politics, with a backdrop. Mm. And, you know, obviously Expanse is, is cool, like you were saying, because it's decided to be very clearly hard science fiction. You know, mm-hmm. it's basically in the Expanse, nothing's going to happen in Expanse that we don't already know about with our yeah. current technology. Uh, whereas, again, you, you have the same thing with Game of Thrones, where it's like, yeah, it's a fantasy backdrop and this is what's going on, but it's about people and it's about, you know, countries and kingdoms and all these kinds of things going so i think that's kind of changed both the genres i think we're living in that's sort of the modern fantasy and science fiction at this point is it's it's not so much about honor harrington that's a good example of a of a a real political political science fiction uh series i forget who, who wrote it but jim butcher maybe no, that's somebody else. Anyway, um, th- that's a good example of, of highly, highly, um, you know, politicized stuff. So I think I think it's, uh, you know, Jules Verne and uh, and uh, H.G. Wells always had an argument with each other. Jules Verne was science fiction should teach. You should be learning when you read science fiction about science. And Jules Verne and Jules Verne always said that. And H.G. Uh, um, Wells was like, no, it's about having a good story. Yeah. You know, it's, it doesn't matter that much um, that much about the science as long as you you know hate the characters you hate, love the characters you love, and, and watch it unfold. So I, I, I'm, anyway, getting back, I'm very excited about Expanse. I, I, I'm going to watch it. Uh, you know, you've told me it's Game of Thrones in space, so I'm very... Uh, I'm well, very it was bi- it. I'm not saying that. It was billed as Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones-ish in space. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Ish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent yeah. series, though. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to the Pretend to Imagine podcast with Tyler and Greg. Uh, today we covered a uh, new favorite word, funicular. Who knew, right? That's what I forgot at the beginning. The funicular. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Of course. Right, so we covered that, funicular, yeah. uh, chicken bones and welding, yep. science fiction and fantasy. Yep. Uh, we covered a lot today. Uh, so I hope you all enjoyed it, and uh, please uh, come back and listen to us again. Thanks. Happy pretending. This has been another episode of Pretend to Imagine. 
for questions or comments, please email us at podcast at pretendtoimagine.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretend to Imagine. And visit our website, as you've probably guessed, at pretendtoimagine.com. Web designed by Small Hall Studios, produced by Tyler Smith and Greg Fisher. If you can, please give us five stars to get the word out about our podcast. Thanks, and happy pretending.